My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, it is my pleasure to welcome Shafiq Dean onto today's programme. Shafiq is the founder of Hidayah Consulting, a company set up to deliver bespoke consultancy solutions across all sectors and enabling organisations to engage more effectively with Muslim communities, clients and staff. Um, Shafiq is also the Operations Director at the Al-Iman Centre, an organisation which seeks to unify communities despite faith and cultural differences. And as well as that, Shafiq is also a trustee at the Welcome Directory and Chance for Change Foundation Charities. So plenty of work there. And without further ado, let's welcome him onto the show, uh, Shafiq. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure, Scott. Yeah, it's my pleasure as well welcoming you onto the uh, the program and uh, just to kind of um, expand a little bit on sort of the work that you're doing at the moment. I've kind of given a very brief overview of yourself and what it is that you do, Shafiq, but in your own words, what is it that you sort of specialise in within your roles? Well, that's an interesting question because um, one of the things I always advise people when um, when they're coming to me for support or mentorship or coaching is uh, is to actually be quite flexible. So have a speciality of some description um but to be flexible i think is really key in today's world and the way that the markets work and and how how business changes so quickly um but to have uh principles um they're they're probably the most important parts of 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 your working life so to have a set of principles which kind of follow you around everywhere is probably more important than having a particular specialist knowledge in my experience yeah, certainly so. And uh, just thinking about how you got to where you are today, I understand that you've worked in a number of sort of different industries and different roles. So how was it sort of transitioning through lots of different careers before getting to where you are now? And what would you say you've kind of learned from those experiences that you've had? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, one of the things I found was I wanted to move industries. I wanted to explore different areas. Um, before I settled in something which I'll talk about a little bit later, hopefully, I found that one of the ways of transitioning was to look at a key element which which uh, goes across industry. So uh, technology, for example, was an upcoming thing when I was uh, when I started my career, and uh, I fast realised that the tech space was an important way of being able to cross uh, barriers and cross across uh, industries. So when I worked within the pharmaceutical industry, for example, I started doing a lot of technical work, and that technical work then bridged the gap between the pharmaceutical industry and investment banking, which I went into next. Mm. So it was it was an enabler to get me across the bridge into the industry, and then once I sort of landed in the industry, I was able to learn the business side of things and take things from there. Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, you've kind of that's one way of kind of transitioning into a um, into another career, let's say. And uh, what would you say that you sort of really took on from that experience in terms of kind of your sort of style of leadership, let's say, that you've maybe sort of brought into your career now? There were lots of really interesting people that I worked with. Um, I'd, I'd always recommend people to travel just just in in, in a personal capacity. But also travel for work if you get that opportunity, and I was lucky to to have have got that opportunity. 
I learned lots from the different cultures, um, the business cultures, how people work in a business environment, um, what business looks like, uh, attitudes towards particular types of industries. Mm. Um, they were all things that I picked up along the way. And when I looked at some of the, 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 the role models that I had within some of those industries and the things they did, um, they, the role models taught me great ways of doing business but they also taught me about the gaps that I wanted to kind of bridge, as it were. So there were lots of things, for example, in investment banking, which were really interesting. Um, it was a cutting edge industry. Uh, you learned to be innovative, entrepreneurial. But some of the gaps there, which I realized didn't suit me, were the fact that people worked there you know, uh, 20 hours a day, didn't have time for family. And uh, so some of the role models I had not only taught me great business, but it also taught me that um, certain things were important to me and more important than work. And that included things like family. And I learned that from them because they didn't have it in their lives. So it was a kind of reverse learning. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think that's something as well that we've certainly become far more aware of over the last couple of years, isn't it? Since the uh, the pandemic, we've become far more aware of, you know, the work-life balance, the need for that family time, and obviously the importance of health and well-being in there as well, and that we're not working so long and burning ourselves out. And those are all important elements, um, aren't they? Both in terms of sort of leadership, but also in terms of being the employee as well, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes actual business sense. So I remember when I worked in certain industries, um, people always talked about making business sense. You know, so there's a particular thing that we're going to focus on. How does that make business sense? You know, that was the question that was asked. You know, what's what's the value of of that to the business? And sometimes the short termism, you know, let's get this done right now, right here, and whoever burns out burns out wasn't considered, you know, it was said, let's get this done. It was a short-term view. And now I feel that people do have a better understanding of a longer-term view and how not to burn staff out, you know, um, really to have a good balance between what you're doing at home and, and, and what you're doing in the office and to have a split between that. And strangely enough, that has come about during this kind of pandemic where people have worked from home. So you'd have thought that it had gone the other way, but um, people actually learn to split between uh, between home and home and work. And I think that's a really important uh, distinction to make. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's difficult, isn't it, you know, with the advent of working from home to sort of keep that boundary firmly in place because it can sort of blur the lines, can't it, when, you know, you are sort of opening and checking your emails at 11pm at night just because you can. So um, there is some sort of self-management required there, certainly. And just thinking about kind of establishing a work-life balance and finding that, let's say, equilibrium, is that something that sort of motivates you personally in your work, would you say? It's very important. So there's that kind of cliche question, do you work to live or live to work? Mm. Um, and, and we, you know, to learn to understand what you're trying to achieve in, in the long term and how you can do that, um, really should give you some balance in terms of how you approach your 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 work and and your your home life and your private life. Um, the advent of things like you know the phones and you know all of the tech that you know that travels with you and all those kind of things started blurring some of those boundaries. But in the same way that you have boundaries at work in terms of what you could and should and would do, um, you you do need to be quite disciplined and have those boundaries at home. 
Um, there are some industries where you can't really have those boundaries. I mean, you know, you, well, you can have the boundaries, but they they can become blurred a little bit. Um, I mean, in our in our line of work currently, in, mm. in at the Early Mom Center, we're a, we're a community center effectively. So there are community emergencies. There's all sorts of uh, things going on. There's people that need help, and so you can't necessarily you know switch off uh, a particular time. But it is important to do it as much as you can as, and as effectively as you can and to plan those things and not let them just uh, take over your life. And we, just in the same way that we kind of have a, we've, we've developed almost uh, an, an addiction to constantly checking the phone, um, you know, and, and certain apps and certain things sort of almost encourage that. So you've literally just looked at it, but a minute later your mind's telling you to, just update and quickly look at it again, see if anything else has happened in that one minute that's gone by. Um, we've got to really uh, pull away from that. And I think as time goes by, once we kind of mature into the use of these apps, I think we, we will get to that stage. But uh, at the moment, we're, we're, still, we're still there, I think. So it's a really important distinct, distinction to make uh, and to manage for yourself. It is, isn't it, if we are to kind of establish that real work-life balance that we've talked about, it is hugely important to be able to sort of manage the self in that way and just prioritise, you know, your personal time, your well-being, certainly. And um, I guess as well, thinking about the journey that you've been on and thinking about something else that we've learned from the last couple of years as we've seen businesses and organisations pivoting in the wakes of the challenges that we've, that we've seen. Um, flexibility and the ability to adapt to changing circumstances is incredibly important within leadership and within all walks of life, isn't it? So um, I guess from your perspective, that's also incredibly important, isn't it, as you moved across industries and also moved into the, uh, the role that you're currently in as well? Yeah, I think so. Uh, gone are the days. Well, let's let's not say they're gone, but but there's far less frequently do we have people who who set into an industry and have stayed there, and that's the same industry that their parents worked in and their grandparents worked in. I mean, I saw that within the prison service when I when I worked there before I came to the Aliman Centre. Um, in the twenty or so years that I was in the prison service, I noted that uh, at the beginning there was still significant numbers of people that were there with a history, i.e. their fathers and their mothers and their, some of their elder, even elder relatives had already worked in that industry. And they also had the mentality that I've entered this industry and that's where I'm going to stay. Um, but over that period of time, even in that short space of time, there were lots of different and new types of entrants to that particular industry, that particular role of, let's say, prison officer role. Um, people that were taking a stepping stone, people that had come out of education and weren't quite sure where they wanted to go. People who were entering something just for the stability, perceived stability of, the, of that particular role. Um, and a lot of people weren't entering the role because they're, predecessors had been in it and a lot of them weren't seeing um, the prison service uh, prison officer let's say role as a permanent sort of fixture for them you know i.e this is where i plan to stay um so i i don't know that people need to create flexibility i feel like it's almost thrust upon them they they feel their circumstances mean they have to be flexible um 
and there's a there's pros and cons for staying in the industry for a huge amount of time, and uh, there's pros and cons for moving around and uh, and changing industries as well. There is exactly right, and it is a time where you know we're seeing. I wouldn't necessarily say a huge exodus, but we're seeing some real movement in that side of things, aren't we? Because we've heard a lot of uh, sort of noise about the great resignation in the wake of the uh, the pandemic. People sort of realigning themselves with kind of, well, why am I here? I mean, why am I working for this business? I want to go and do something that I enjoy. And we're seeing people moving across into different industries. So obviously when it comes to sort of the employee perspective, I guess it's kind of um, being aware of what it is that you're looking for and making sure that you're aligning sort of your values with that of the your sort of new employer. But as leaders as well, I mean, it's like, I think it's important to show some flexibility and adaptability there in recognising that, you know, your employees may be looking for different things and you may have to sort of change certain aspects of, you know, your own sort of leadership culture, let's say, the way that you sort of go about managing relationships with those people in order to sort of, you know, keep them on board because in a difficult environment for recruitment right now, retention is very important and that's going to be a very critical aspect of that. It is. Um, one, one of the ways that I've developed over a period of time is, you know, in, in terms of leadership or, or managing a managing group of people is always to look at their motivations mm. um, and try to line things up with that. You know, the more motivated a person is in, in a particular um, aspect of their work, the more you can, um, you know, enable them to flourish and feel, feel more, more settled and, and, and feel like they've, they've achieved more. Um, but like you say, with today's uh, movements and changes um, and retention is 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 a is a key issue in particular industries and generally across the board. Obviously, it's it's not good to have a good you know a large churn rate. Um, but yeah, you you do need to do that piece. You do need to have, uh, factor those those things in to how you're going to manage things and pull things together. Um, but something interesting you said was that um, you know the realignment that came with the uh, with with COVID in terms of people's lives, in terms of people's work, where they did start questioning, why am I really doing this? You know, and that's um, it's a really good thing. Um, before COVID happened, I was saying to some colleagues that we're we're almost we're, we're due a war, you know. Um, and when they asked me what, what that meant, what I was trying to say is that. When we when we have a, a really adverse kind of circumstance, we tend to pull together more. So, mm. you know, we, we, we realize the values of life and what we're really trying to achieve and what humanity is and what your neighbor looks like. And we realize the values of those things again. Um, and because we've become a very stable and a very, you know, in many ways, many successful society in the West, let's, let's call it in brackets, um, and in this country, we somewhat, somewhat, we've forgotten some of those things. Like we're not really pulling together. People uh, weren't really thinking about helping each other. People were becoming somewhat selfish. Um, so when this pandemic happened, it brought home, not only in a personal way, but also in a work-related way, uh, a better relationship between people. People started thinking about others. People started helping others. And then that bled into the working side of things as well. When you have a self-realization that, hey, you know, we are here together. There's, uh, I haven't really talked to my neighbor or I haven't really helped anyone in my community or I haven't really been involved in anything apart from 
self, uh, you know, something which is sort of, you know, only for my own self-worth. And people then started reevaluating their work scheme and saying, well, what am I doing? You know, what, why am I doing this job? Well, I don't even like it. Um, what am I doing to fulfill myself? Um, and there's a lot more of a bleed from your personal life into your work life and working around sort of fulfillment and what you need in life, what really makes you feel good about yourself. Um, uh, and that's been a, a real reawakening, and I think that's uh, that's uh, so the pandemic in that in that sense has been a a great thing. It has been. I mean, despite all of the uh, the obvious tragedy associated with it, I mean, there have been some silver linings, haven't there? And I suppose that is one of them. I mean, I know that during the pandemic we have seen some real serious inequalities unearthed um, within society that we kind of knew were there but have really been sort of laid bare by the uh, the extent of the crisis. But I think you are right in saying that that sort of community spirit has really increased during the uh, the pandemic as well. And there is more of an, an impetus, let's say, for people to sort of come together and sort of recognise various key aspects. Absolutely. There, there have been lots of people that I know that have left industries that they've worked in um, and gone towards more serving kind of industries, things which, uh, which are on the ground helping people... Um, you know, being involved in other people's lives in a more meaningful way. Um, lo- lots of lots of changes happen like that, and I'm and I'm, you know, that that uh, one thing you learn in business is within every kind of diversity or adversity, there's an there's uh, there's an opportunity, right? So diversity and adversity brings opportunity, mm. um, and if you if you're of an entrepreneurial spirit, you 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 do see those opportunities within those areas. That's not to say you take advantage of people, but like you say, there's a there, every, every cloud has a silver lining. It's a silver lining to focus on rather than the cloud. That's exactly it. And, you know, we are in a time, aren't we, where, you know, there is more of an economic downturn coming with, you know, the cost of living crisis and the impact of the uh, the recent mini budget as well. And um, the government has made very, very clear that, you know, there are going to be difficult decisions um, ahead, certainly with regard to the economy. So um, we're in a period of time, aren't we, where, you know, there is going to still be more opportunity because we've seen so many successful businesses spring out of times of economic hardship. We've seen it during COVID. We've seen it during sort of the 2008 crisis and I imagine that we'll channel that entrepreneurial spirit again in the UK and you know we'll see exactly the same happening again why wouldn't we you know so it's an absolutely key point I feel sometimes that uh, in the UK we feel like we're not as entrepreneurial as other nations other other things that are going on but but we are you know we're, we're a we're a fantastic group of entrepreneurs we're really and if you consider where we are and physically and what land we have and the fact that we don't have resources like other countries do, and yet we're still bubbling, we're still thriving, we're still delivering, we're still expanding, and it's a fantastic thing. Uh, I'd really encourage uh, that entrepreneurial spirit in, in any different aspect. But the other part of what you said is really important, the fact that people are now involved in things that they feel are actually really helpful, actually Mm -hmm. serving communities. Um, And there has to be a kind of serving element to everything that we do in order to be fulfilled. I mean, I worked in industries where they were great from a perspective of uh, making money, but also learning 
you know, professional standards, but they were unfulfilling from a from an internal perspective. So I was always looking for that kind of fulfillment, but I felt that this was a great path to get to some of that stuff. So what I did is I learned professional services kind of mentalities from the previous places I worked at. And then I applied them in a in, in a place which uh, which I felt fulfills me as an individual. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it's an example for anybody listening into this podcast who, you know, is looking for that fulfillment, be you a leader, be you an employee, be you an entrepreneur with your own big idea. So something certainly to, uh, to think on. And uh, if you know, you have been affected by any of the issues that we may have discussed on the programme today and you do wish to sort of share your perspective with us, there are two things you can do. Um, First and foremost, you can leave a comment via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. Or if you are a business leader or the head of an organisation, you can actually apply to be on the programme yourself and that's via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. That'd be your best port of call there. Um, Before we wrap things up, uh, Shafiq, uh, just before, um, obviously because I'm conscious that we're starting to, uh, to run short of time i do want to have a little bit of a chat about the uh, the future as well because we've talked a lot about you know there are going to be opportunities over the next 12 months and beyond as we try and navigate this economic situation that we find ourselves in but um for you personally what is that period of time going to involve and what are your sort of priorities going to be so i'll say a couple of things about that really important points that are uh, that are it, i felt were really important today to, to get across to everyone so mm. I, I've come from quite a difficult background, um, very sort of a traumatic uh, background. But again, um, I look towards the, the the silver lining within that and try to develop something through that. And that's kind of where my motivation to be helpful to, to serve the community came from. Um, and over the last sort of 20 or so years, I've, I've particularly focused on that. And I've been lucky to be able to do that as part of my work. Um, well, what I would say is that those circumstances that that you go through, and I'd like to say that, that my work is kind of altruistic, but it's not. Um, and I've had this conversation with many a people, but they, they feel that my work is altruistic. And it's really not simply because I'm driven from what happened in my past. So I, when, when a person does this work altruistically, they're not driven from from those kind of things they do it from from inside themselves so it's not altruistic work from my perspective but what i would say is that the way that your work develops what what you get into and how how it all comes together on my perspective is quite a balanced perspective so when i look at for example success i understand that the success that i've had has only very uh, only a very small part was played by myself within that success so i look at the larger picture a lot of things that happened to make something successful were things that were not in my hands so that gives me a great balance it keeps me in check it doesn't allow my ego to go out of control it keeps me in check to know that i'm you know, a lot of the circumstances that got to got me to where I was were, were not something that I manufactured. Um, and then I take some credit for the for the small piece that I did within within that whole process. Um, so the people I met, where I was, where I happened to be, what network I had, what energy people had for what I had to say. You know, all of those things weren't necessarily in my hands. The good thing about having that balanced approach 
is that when I fail, I also don't take it all to heart. I don't, in the same way that I would take an ego trip out of success, I might take a downfall out of failure. And I don't take the downfall simply because I understand that wider picture that I did my bit. As long as I did what I thought I could do in the, to the best of my ability, then the other circumstances were the things that uh, didn't you know, allow that success to happen. So going forward, um, I'm still wanting to serve the community through the Aliman Center, um, through the other charities that I work with. Um, and we try to get rid of difficulties and difficult circumstances, and we try not to um, allow unfair systems to flourish and all of those kind of things. We do our best within that arena. Mm. But I also feel that when, and we can't control all of that, so when those things do happen, within that is opportunity. So there's opportunity to do your bit. There's an opportunity to help someone. There's an opportunity to get sit beside someone on a journey. Um, and those things are really fulfilling. So that that's what I'm. That's what I really wanted to get across today in the podcast, um, and and in the future I'm going to, God willing, I'm going to continue working for the communities, try to help as many people as I can, try to feel as fulfilled as I can, as selfish as that is, um, and help my family along the way uh, to avoid some of the circumstances that I grew up in, uh, and I'm trying to create all of that. Uh, in one fell swoop. Um, so the final point I just wanted to make, if I could, and uh, apologies for, for, for the timing, is that through the work I've done, through through the people that I've met in the work that I've done, I realized that everyone's on a different journey. Um, I, I, I would say it's like crossing a river. Some people are, are at the very uh, shallow end of the river. Some people are at the torrential end of the river. Some people have got a huge expanse of river to cross. Some people are crossing with others. Some people have a boat. Uh, some people haven't even got to the river. They're still trekking through the jungle to get there. So when we look at people and where they're at and measure their success uh, by what they've achieved, it, it, sometimes it's not an even playing field. Mm. So some of the successes I've seen through the prison work, for example, of people that have managed to get into a stable work or started to uh, develop certain things for themselves are real huge successes. I, I think they're, they're, they're far and beyond some of the um, entrepreneurial successes of people that I've seen because they started so far back in, in the game. Um, so, so those are some of the sort of perspectives for me, and uh, that that really bring home what life is about, and, and and how our work and personal journey goes. Yeah, and it's incredible, isn't it? Just sort of how inspiring those everyday leaders and heroes in the community can certainly be. And I do, Shafiq, wish you all the luck in the world, and you know, executing that mission that you're on to the best possible effect, and helping the community and achieving that fulfilment. And um, it would be my pleasure to welcome you back onto the show, perhaps in future, just to see how all of that is starting to uh, to come together. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Scott, and uh, I love uh, what you've done and how you, you you're spreading that great message. And uh, yeah, it'd be absolutely great to come back again. Uh, I hope that uh, 
that this inspires people to to think beyond. And uh, thank you very much. I hope to be back at some point too. It would be my pleasure, and I do hope that all of the listeners do share that sentiment and do indeed feel inspired by some of the matters and issues that we have discussed today and some of those messages that we are really looking to convey. Part of our mission here, of course, at the Leaders' Council is really to lay the ground for that next generation of entrepreneurs and future leaders, and hopefully they can take a great deal from what we've talked about. Um, It's been my immense pleasure to welcome Shafiq Dean from the Al-Iman Centre onto today's programme. And as always, I've been your host, Scott Challoner, on today's episode of the Leaders' Council podcast. We'll be back with a whole new episode next time. And until then, take care all and goodbye.